in a parade. Uh, Not to a parade, but in a parade. Uh, If you have, you probably were part of a band, maybe, uh, a drill team, part of a community organization of some kind. You really need to have some type of a, a connection or an association to be part of all that goes on. Now, if someone who did not belong there just snuck out into the parade, would people notice? Many of the marchers would know. Uh, More importantly, the person sneaking into the parade would know he or she doesn't belong there. I once marched in a parade that I didn't belong in. Uh, Every fall, New York City holds a Korea Day parade, and everyone uh, gets on these elaborate ancient Korean costumes, and there's a lot of dancing and music and makeup and food carts, and uh, you march down Broadway. There's no cars, just people, and so somehow, because I had been teaching Sunday school in a Korean church that year, I was invited to march with a couple of friends in the parade. And it all sounded so very exciting, right? Who would pass up the chance to march down Broadway? The day of the parade, we all assembled in this side road, and I began to feel a little bit uncomfortable. This may come as a complete shock to all of y'all, but everyone there was Korean. (laughs) Even more shocking, I am not Korean. And the parade starts moving, and people start cheering as we walk by. They cheer for our group in the parade, for us, for me. And the cheering is louder for us than for anyone else in the parade. And I began to think, why? What is going on? So I I took a moment, and I, I stepped forward to look in front of this banner being carried in front of us. And under these large Korean letters and small print, it said in English, adopted children and their families. (laughs) And I I realize everyone is cheering because I adopted a Korean child. (laughs) Except I don't have a Korean child. And then a woman and a cameraman appear before me. And they ask, Sir, as a parent of a Korean child, what about the Korea Day Parade holds meaning for you? What do I say? The camera is rolling. So I mumble, I like the makeup. (laughs) And so somewhere on television, a strange Caucasian man who allegedly adopted a Korean child says he likes makeup. Is it a Freudian slip? Am I trying to make up for the fact that I don't belong in this place? Am I trying to cover up the truth that I have no Korean child, that I have no business being in this Korean parade? Now, nothing could hide this truth. And whether to other people or simply to myself, I stuck out like a sore Caucasian thumb. Now we celebrate Palm Sunday, and we celebrate Palm Sunday so often in this way that seeks to hide the truth, 
Now we pretend that there are crowds that are welcoming Jesus in to honor him, and the truth is that they have caked on Tammy Faye Baker makeup. Now, this parade for Jesus is not a statement of faith. They are selfish, conniving opportunists, and they are looking for what Jesus can give to them. Their hypocrisy and their gossip, the way that they cheat and treat their neighbors, their once-a-year visit to the temple, and oh, such faithfulness. They think they can hide it all behind a mask of palm branches. They are so fake, celebrating outwardly, but in their mind, jockeying for favor. And we repeat their words, Hosanna in the highest, every time we celebrate communion. Do we say these words to honor Jesus, that he may use us to transform the world in his image? Or are these words to make up for our own selfish demands of Jesus? Hastily applied makeup will not make the world return to the image of God. Under the heat of the Jerusalem sun, that makeup sweats off, that mascara runs. Jesus rides through a crowd of fading fakery, blemishes, and broken skin pores revealed. And because that mascara runs down, Jesus' blood runs red to make up the difference. Why would Jesus do this? Why would anyone do something for the very people that would only use and exploit others? The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 7 about a human obsession with flesh tone. He writes this passage in the first person, I sin. And Paul is conscious of his own self-admitted defects. And he knows that this must be the case for all of humanity. Our human nature is constantly challenged by the demands of self, the demands of the flesh, and as a result, we are susceptible to sin. Paul describes this sin as an animate force moving within himself. Sin checks in and sets up shop, and you can feel Paul's deep frustration between the good that his spirit wishes and the wrong that his flesh does. But he doesn't give up. Now, Paul refuses to own this sin as the real Paul. He concludes that it's not my real self that produces this great moral failure, but it's the sin that comes and lodges in me. Hamartia, the Greek word used for sin, literally means to miss the mark. Like someone with lipstick on their teeth, someone distracted or uh, interfered, and it, it just didn't go where it was supposed to go. We all miss those benchmark goals of faithfulness to God because of sin. And instead of hiding this truth away, Paul shares his own vulnerability openly. Paul is eager to center himself on God once more. Sin is when we make ourselves the center of life, a place reserved only for God. 
And Jesus graciously steps in to center us, to return us to that image of God. Why does Jesus mark in this, march in this fake parade? Because Jesus knows it's not just his life at stake, but the center of ours. When God is not at the center of our lives, we are broken. We don't honor the relationships that would make us whole. And this broken consequence of sin is separation. Sin separates us from God, from others, from our true selves, and from creation. When we are separated from God, we try to go it alone, and we fail. When we're separated from others, we put ourselves at the center of relationships to our own advantage. Instead of loving, we use people. When we are separated from our true selves, we turn from this God-given potential, and we do and we be, we are, but we should not be. When we're separated from creation, everything is expendable. Our own comfort is more important than the beauty around us. And so now separated and alienated from all that would make us whole, we begin to gloss over the blemishes. We pretend that everything is fine. This is the key to wholeness. At least I can do what I want and put my best face forward. There is, however, something on the market to cover those unsightly blemishes. Run out to your beauty supply store for $28. Pick up your cover-up. A, a bottle of Estee Lauder Double Wear Waterproof All-Day Concealer. Listen to the product description. An oil-free, waterproof, all-day wear concealer with a natural-looking matte finish. This 24-hour wear concealer helps you to hide those dark circles and imperfections while hydrating the skin. This comfortable cream formula creates the perfected look of flawless skin that lasts day to night. It has full coverage so that it won't crease, streak, or cake, and it is waterproof. And sweat humidity and transfer resistant for carefree wear. This product is ophthalmologist and dermatologist recommended. Our instinct is to hide our imperfections and our shortcomings. For Jesus to make up for our shortcomings, we must confess instead of conceal them. After all, we are not near as good at concealing as we think we are. Now, this picture was taken uh, many years ago when Ying Yu and I made a trip to Washington, D.C. We wanted a picture in Chinatown of this Chinese arch here in the background. Uh, thinking just to have a memorable photo, we later discovered something strange. Now, if you see the man there on the left in the sidewalk, when you look at the next picture, he crouches down. Why? What for? The only reasonable conclusion, barring an alien invasion, is that he didn't want to ruin the picture. <laughs> but in crouching down, he draws attention to himself. In trying to hide, he is revealed. 
thinking himself concealed, he sticks out like a sore thumb. The authentic way of the cross includes unhidden vulnerability. As he enters into Jerusalem, Jesus is carried by a donkey. He doesn't walk on his own feet. As Jesus stumbles with his cross, its weight is carried by Simon of Cyrene. Jesus could not have continued alone. As Jesus' dead and broken body leaves Jerusalem, he is carried by Joseph of Arimathea. His dignity and honor depending entirely on others. Even the Son of God showed his wounds. At times, stubbornly, unexpectedly, or earnestly, we are called to carry Jesus' cross to the world because he carries our sin. We are not called to hide the cross or to conceal the Jesus whom we follow, but to carry him outwardly in every word and deed. We can't do this if we hide ourselves. We can't do this if we refuse to be vulnerable. We can't do this if we continue to cover up our imperfections and attempt to make up for it by our own power. This week we journey to Jesus' sacrifice at Calvary. And on this march, the broken and the wounded and all who miss the mark confess our sin. And we ask Jesus to carry it. And on this march, the inauthentic, flesh-tone-obsessed concealers stick out. On this march, they don't belong. On this march, the Via Dolorosa, on the way of pain, we choose to transform the world in the image of Christ or to obsess over our own concealed self-image. So choose wisely. Choose wisely as the fakery will only wash away when sin begins to rain on your parade. Amen.